You're in the water loop. Waterloop is made possible in part by grants from Springpoint Partners and the Walton Family Foundation. Waterloop. Hi, this is Travis with Waterloop. Right now, more than half of the United States is in some form of drought. It's not just out west. It's up in the Pacific Northwest. It's in the upper Midwest. There's drought in New England, and there's even dry conditions here in North Carolina where I live. Almost 80 million people live in some part of the country where there's drought. During times like this, every drop really does count. Showerheads are an easy way to conserve water in our homes. That's why I use High Sierra Showerheads at my house, and I'm really proud that they're a sponsor of this podcast. They carry the EPA WaterSense label for water efficiency and use 40% less water than conventional low-flow showerheads. They use just a gallon and a half a minute. So what does that come out to? For every minute you're in the shower, you're saving one gallon of water. You take a 10-minute shower, that's 10 gallons of water you have not used because you have high Sierra shower heads. Over the course of a month, that's 300 gallons of water that have been conserved. You're going to also save on your water bill and your energy bill. You can get 20% off using promo code LOOP20 at HighSierraShowerHeads.com. You're in the water loop. Welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis. Going to talk about the world of sensors and data and IoT as it relates to water. Happy to be joined by Jamel Carter with Varuna. He's co-founder and chief revenue officer. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Travis. Excited to be here. Yeah, this is this is a little bit of a different area for my conversations on the podcast. So I'm glad to be having this this talk here. Um, the world of, of sensors, data, IoT, um, what's going on in that realm? Like technology is exploding all the time, right? It seems like every day there's, there's leaps and bounds taken. But um, yeah, how would you describe that, that landscape of, of sensors, data, IoT right now? Yeah, um, I think broadly speaking, um, it's, uh, it's expanding. It's, um, I think there's a, a ton going on by several different companies uh, in several different industries, really, uh, where they are taking um, hardware and placing it out in, you know, somewhere in, on infrastructure, in and around infrastructure, in and, in and around infrastructure to use that data to do, you know, to solve problems. Um, you know, IoT has been around for, for quite some time. And if you think about, um you know, there, there are research firms out there that talk about the, the evolution of technology. And I feel like we're, you know, anecdotally speaking, I feel like we're, we're at a point where we're coming out of the, the hype around IoT, um, mm-hmm. you know, past, you know, almost decade. And, and now we're in a, in a time frame where um, people are using or companies are using IOT to, to solve real business problems. You know, there's, there are real use cases around, around it. Um, histor- or in, in the past, I've worked in the uh, drone services industry or drone industry. Hmm. And, um, and, you know, for the first couple of years, there was just a lot of experimentation um, about how to use drones and what applications made sense. 
And, um, you know, then they started to evolve and use them in specific applications for specific business purposes across construction, across food delivery, um, supplies. So I see, I see, you know, a similar evolution in, in IoT as well. Hmm, interesting. And so just some, some terminology, maybe I should have done this first. So the idea is we've got all these sensors out there, right? And these can gather information, gather data, it shoots that data back, people can use that to to manage whatever the technology is, or whatever it might be. And this, mm-hmm. this IoT, this Internet of Things, uh, <laughs> people have heard that for a while, right? Could you explain yeah. what, what that means? What that phrase IoT means, the Internet of Things? Yeah, uh, the, the simple way of, of thinking about it is um, using hardware um, to capture some information, um, send that information, transmit that information to the cloud to make it available on um, on your iPad, on your desktop, you know, at your, to bring that data to your fingertips. So it's basically a combination of hardware and software um, leveraging cloud technology to uh, to bring that information to you. Gotcha. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's interesting you make that point that like the hype's been out there for a while. It's like this thing's coming, this thing's coming, but now it's kind of here and it's more mm-hmm. about implementation and actually getting making it work and, and putting it into practice, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think... Um, you know, but that's, as I said before, that's a typical evolution of, of um, a lot of technologies, right? Um, there's there's always um, hype around uh, when a technology, early technology, and, and then we have to see and see if it lives and play on, right? And, and the, the, um, the, the people who determine that are the customers, right? And, and, and businesses, um, and they determine... Uh, to a large extent, whether that technology will live on and, and be viable uh, for, um, uh, for for the purposes of helping their business uh, meet specific objectives. So um, absolutely, I, I think um, I'm excited that we're finally in, in this space uh, right now. And um, I think there's a lot to be, uh, a lot more to be discovered and uh, the future is bright. Mm. What do you think about how the reality is living up to the hype, right? Like the hype was is pretty massive. You know, it's like yeah. I think of I think of like LeBron James when he's coming out of high school. Like the hype couldn't get any bigger, but he lived up to it. What do you think about uh, this this space of you know IoT? How's it doing? Yeah, I think there's um, always a disconnect um, or a gap. Let's just call it a gap. Mm-hmm. How you've explained it, the 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 difference between the reality and hype. And when it comes to um, IoT, I believe that gap is narrowing and it will continue to narrow um, for so many reasons. Um, You know, just over this past year in 2020, we saw a narrowing of this gap primarily because of the pandemic. Um, We weren't as uh, mobile, we weren't in person. So companies in all industries had to figure out how can we um, continue to provide services and products um, without uh, actually physically being out there, uh, physically being um, uh, close to their customers? And so 
Um, a lot of companies, we, we saw an uptick, uh, not only in the interest, but in the uh, use of IoT, um, which, which makes me believe um, that that gap will, will narrow as time goes on. Um, so that's like these uh, societal things that are happening, but also uh, technology, the evolution of the technology is getting better as well. Um, so the communication technology is getting better. Uh, batteries are getting smaller and um, uh, lasting longer. Um, so there, there's a lot happening really, really quickly to narrow that gap uh, between expectations and reality. Hmm. All right. Well, so how did you get and why did you go from, from your previous lives and drones and all that stuff into the water space? What, what pulled you into water? Yeah, I'll try to make this this story kind of <laughs> short. Um, it's uh, and it's a it's a good question too, Travis, because you know we've been we've been at this for two years, and every time I ask someone how how'd you get in water, nobody nobody ever chooses to get in. It seems like they're, they're always it, it happening. Ha, you know, it's just kind of happenstance that they that they got here. Um, uh, we started. I gotta. I gotta say that's a very common question in the water industry. Is people like yeah. to say, "Did you choose water, or did water choose you?" That's like a, yeah. a, a very yeah. classic conversation question for people. So yeah, go absolutely. Ahead. Well, for for me, um, my my co-founder uh, who you've interviewed in the past, Shay right. Fabadei, um, we had another company um, uh, about a decade ago in the utility space and um, electric utilities. And Shei, um, being a utility guy uh, himself, uh, was always interested in water. And so a few years ago, um, he started pinging me and asking me questions of, you know, as to whether I'm interested in this space. And um, I didn't know much about it, but the more I dug into it, the more I just fell in love with it. Um, not only um, the... Uh, it, it just the, the confluence of all these things or the amalgamation of all these things like policy, um, uh, you know, people and behavior, um, infrastructure, all these things together just makes it a beautiful, complex problem to solve. Hmm. And so, um, you know, when I started looking into it and I thought about the opportunity, I thought, you know what, this is a, a chance for you know, Shay and I to create a, you know, sustainable company, but also do good in the world. And, you know, that's how we, we, uh, we got into, uh, that's how we got into water or that's mm -hmm. the decision making behind it. How we yeah. And, and what opportunity did you see for your work, you know, your expertise when it comes to sensors, data, IOT, why, why did the water space seem to be ripe for working on that? Yeah. Um, good question. Um, I think there are a lot of problems or a lot of challenges um, in this space, um, a lot of things that can be solved. And when we looked at the space, um, we thought uh, through a process of, of a ton of customer discovery, just talking to potential customers and, and research, we thought, um, you know what, we can take our understanding of technology and business first, really. Um, because at the end of the day, we're, we're problem solvers. We just happen to use technology to solve problems. Um, we thought we can take our understanding of business and technology and operations 
and apply it to what we see as a kind of first order problem uh, in the in the water space. And that that problem is visibility um, beyond the water treatment plant. So often we talk about um, or the water utility knows exactly what's happening at their water treatment plant, especially as it relates to water quality. Um, but that lack of visibility and that lack of awareness uh, really uh, dissipates as, um, uh, as the water is released into the distribution system at different points throughout that, that distribution system. So we thought, you know what? There's, people want to know what's going on with their water quality. Water utilities want to know what's going on relative to water quality um, out in the distribution system. And that's something that we can solve. So uh, that's, a, that's a first order problem that, that we set out to solve. And that's what we're doing today. Uh, there's some additional things that, that uh, we're excited about, but um, we, we want to start with number one. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to dig into that a little bit here um, and learn more about what utilities, why, what they want to know about what happens with that water and, and the quality when it leaves, you know, the treatment plant. What, what are they interested in? Why do they, you know, want to know what's happening? They've, they've in some sense done their job, right? They've treated the water, cleaned the water, it's meet standards. Now they're going to send it to the customers. Yeah, but what's, yeah. what's that interest that lies down system? Yeah, a good question. And um, I love the, the way you say, in some sense, they've done their job. Actually, they, they always do their job and they do it well. Uh, we're, we're here to, to support them. Um, and I think that's where, uh, that's what makes us excited because we can continue to help, uh, you know, I'll say give them superpowers, right? So they can <laughs> see what's happening. So specific, uh, specifically, what they want to know is, um, Let's say, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, let's say that water is treated with some kind of disinfectant uh, at the water treatment plant. Um, once it's released from that water treatment plant, um, it may travel, I don't know, uh, 40 miles uh, to an endpoint in their distribution system. And so they want to know if I've treated this water with, let's say, chlorine disinfectant um, at the water treatment plant, is that disinfection? Uh, disinfectant, um, making its way to the end of my distribution system. And if it's not, then um, I, you know, I need to investigate why. Typically what they've done is they've sent someone out to take grab samples across their distribution system to measure different param uh, parameters, such as chlorine residuals, uh, pH, turbidity, uh, conductivity. And it's, a, it's an inefficient process, even though they have to do it. But there's always this gap. And when they get, uh, when they check for the information, and when they understand or become aware of what's happening at those locations. So um, we set out to actually use IoT, place these sensors out at different points in their distribution system, so they can always know what's going on. So when I say uh, we give them these superpowers to do their job better. It's just we give them the visibility that they didn't have, right, and, and allow their distribution system to actually talk to them in a way that it hasn't done uh, before. And uh, they use that for several different use cases. Um, we can get into it as we as we continue in the conversation, but um, that's that's the that's one of the the problems that we're solving for them. Yeah. 
And so they can see this in real time. They can make adjustments as they need to. And yeah. they don't have to send people driving all around the area, you know, in cars and grabbing samples and driving back and running tests and all that, right? There's a, there's yeah. a huge efficiency there too. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, there's a big efficiency play um, that is important to them. Um, some, some different uh, use cases we've come across are um, maybe they are thinking about some type of a capital purchase, uh, capital X, uh, CapEx purchase. Uh, maybe they want to buy um, flushers uh, to, to place somewhere in their distribution system. But before they do that, they want to know, you know, trends of water quality uh, at certain points so they can determine how many flushers they need to buy and where they need to buy, uh, where they need to place them, right? So they may say, Varuna, um, can we deploy some sensors in a certain area for a few weeks or a month and um, um, anywhere in our distribution system so we can understand not only water quality, but in some cases, water behavior. And that helps them determine you know, how many flushers they need to buy, where they need to place them. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing. Another one is um, the amount of dosing. Um, we can influence that by giving them that information uh, in terms of, you know, how much chlorine do you need? Um, you know, is there a leak somewhere? Because um, numbers aren't, or the parameters that you constantly measure um, aren't, um, uh, you know, there's something funny going on with them. Um, so, uh, yeah, just um, we're, we're finding new use cases every single day, um, every single week. And it's it's really fun because in a lot of cases, the customer is saying, oh, now that I have this capability, here are all the things that I can do with it. Right. And um, they start to say, well, now that I now that I can monitor these four or five parameters, what if I include this other information that I have, this other data set, I can start um, de determining, you know, like dynamic routing, you know, sh should I send my text here or to sp spot A or spot B, um, which is also an efficiency play. So um, a, a lot of things to, to get excited about, Travis. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you think it results in better water or better service for the, the customer ultimately at their house? Yeah, I, I, I'm confident it does, right? Um, so let's just take, um, you know, one of the parameters we, we measure is, is turbidity. And so, um, you know, if we are able to alert the, the utility that, hey, your turbidity has increased in this area, they'll know uh, before the customer knows, right? And so before they get these calls about, hey, my, you know, where a customer is saying or complaining that their water is cloudy, um, they can address that and be more proactive uh, prior to any customer calls. And, and in some cases, maybe even prevent those calls into customer care. Um, so I, I absolutely believe and know that uh, it is, you know, it will help uh, the utility provide uh, better information or not better information and better service to the customer. Mm. Uh, where, where have you guys, um, seen this, you know, at work or where is it? Th aren't there some places where you've, you've gone in and you've helped where they really had a, had a need to make some improvements, um, something with Louisiana or some other places like that? 
Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. We have, um, in several places across America, I think the one that you're, you're referencing is uh, Monroe, Louisiana. It's a, um, a city with a population of uh, maybe around uh, 60,000 uh, people. Um, we have um, also deployed in the Northeast, in the New Jersey area, right here. And I'm, I'm based in Chicago. We've deployed here in uh, just north of Chicago um, in a city that is uh, about 80-something thousand. Um, but all of them have the, the same need. And that, that need is, um, or the, I'll say all, all of them have similar constraints, right? And those constraints are, uh, I don't have enough people to do all the work that I, that I need to do. And I don't have um, enough visibility to, do, to provide some of the service or increase my level of service. And so, um, uh, you know, our solution, at, at, um, our solution helps them uh, address both of those, those issues. Um, and another thing that, that we're doing is, uh, I'm excited to say we are also, uh, working with the, the largest, the, the largest water company in Mexico, uh, doing some of the similar things, but also, um, really taking and bringing in more data so we can generate more insights. Um, and, and we can talk more about that if, if you want to, but, um, yeah, that's just some of the places where we've deployed. So, is it just this band of utilities that's really doing this? Um, you know, is it are are the larger ones kind of trying to get more insights too? What do you see across that spectrum of like small, medium, large kind of utilities? Yeah, um, the the larger ones are doing it, and they're they're in some cases they're they're further along, right? Um, so, the if you think about the largest cities in America. Um, many of them have the budget, the, the technical staff, um, to implement, you know, some solution like this. Um, and as they, as they work to, to do it, um, it's, it's very, very costly. Um, where Varuna tends to focus is on the smaller to, to medium sized cities. Although we do work with a couple of, uh, very, very large cities. Um, but we found that um, many of these small to medium-sized utilities, maybe they have, you know, a, a small staff to to cover their distribution system. Um, maybe they don't have as big of a, a, a large of a budget as uh, you know some of the larger cities. Um, and um, and yeah, so we we found a sweet spot there because they need to basically replicate themselves again you know the phrase do more with less comes to mind and you know of the 50,000 water utilities uh in the u.s um you know this is as well uh the majority of them 90 90 something percent of them are are small to medium-sized utilities Hmm. tell me more about the what's going on in mexico and and what they're trying to achieve uh across their big systems there yeah, so the um, this this um, this is super exciting for us because it's um, it feeds into one of one of our strengths, um, a couple of our strengths, which is taking a bunch of data, um, analyzing that data, and visualizing it in a way that's digestible for the client to make decisions. 
And um, you can see that in our dashboards and the insights that we provide our clients today um, on the on the municipal side. Um, but specifically, the um, Mexico concern that we're working with um, has over, I think it's uh, maybe 300 um, water plants that they have um, under their purview, and they're already collecting data from those places. And so what they've asked Veruna to do is to help them analyze that data and uh, provide them um, insights that will help them either, you know, increase revenue or uh, primarily decrease um, expenses um, in, a, in a couple of in a couple of areas. So um, in those areas tend to be, um, you know, either labor expenses or or things like um um, you know, equipment expenses. So what we'll do is we'll take that data. We'll start to predict things about pump failure. We'll start to predict things uh, in terms of water quality. We'll start to predict, um, um, you know, we'll do some of the dynamic routing that we talked about earlier that I mentioned earlier. Um, so it's uh, it's it's a really, f I call it a fun exercise because <laughs> Um, they're they're just as excited about it as we are, and and that's a good place to be in uh, with with your clients, where uh, they um, they're they're we're holding hands, jumping into this project together. So we're we're super excited about it. No doubt. All right. Toughest question I think here is is pull out the crystal ball, you know, and, oh, wow. and prognosticate on where this world of sensors and data and IoT and water infrastructure is headed, um, you know, yeah. in the next so, few years, what, what do you see happening? That's a, a really <laughs> good, uh, you know, you talk about crystal balls. Um, I mean, if I had one, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd still be right here doing this. So <laughs> I know everybody always says that like, Oh, if I, if I knew the future, I would be yeah. really wealthy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, I'd be wealthy, but you know what? We're so, we're so engaged in loving this, uh, this journey so much. I'd be right here too, uh, no matter what. Um, but, um, you know what, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that the future, okay. The future of IOT is bright. Um, but, there, there is some, there's some uninspiring things that are happening too, right? Which is people are just uh, consistently using uh, data to solve spot solutions or point in, in, in provide. They're using data to provide point solutions, right? And so we're not taking this real time data to fundamentally change. The, the future of water, right? Mm. To use this data for a fundamental redesign of how our water system works. Um, that's something that, that we're not doing currently um, as an industry. Um, and I'm talking about water specifically, not just mm -hmm. IoT across, across several different uh, industries. Um, so, you know, there, there, I hope as, a, as an industry, we don't, we don't miss this opportunity um the the big kind of game changing opportunity but but we may um i still think the future is bright just because of uh there's a um there's an uptake and an acceptance of how this can be used uh which means that the the adoption will continue to increase 
the adoption of solutions such as Varuna. And there, there are several other great companies out there using IoT uh, to solve different problems, right? They're using technology to solve different problems. And I believe that um, uh, some other factors that, that come to mind is um, as um, as there is attrition in the in the industry, spe- uh, specifically the water industry, um, th- that you know those 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 positions aren't being backfilled. So you'll have to do more with less. Mm. And so technology has to play into that um, solution. Um, so yeah, I, I think the the future is bright. I can't give you any time frame, um, but uh, I think it's it's closer than uh, than further away. I I like that point though that uh, that insight that yes, this is all very helpful at these spot solutions, these specific problems. But how can you take these superpowers, as you call them, uh, and really reimagine? Uh, a lot of the way that that water is moved around and treated and managed, um, it's a it's always challenging because it's such a it's an ongoing process, right? Everyone's just focused on getting that water every day, cleaning it, doing what they have to do. It's it's sometimes hard to step take a step back. Um, maybe if there is a big reinvestment in water infrastructure, you know, hopefully there'll be an opportunity to think. Uh, you know, longer term, bigger picture differently about things as part of that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love your take on this, right? So you, you think about the informa- uh, infrastructure bill, right? Um, that, that's uh, that, that's um, in motion now. Um, and I was talking to a couple of water system managers and um, they had an interesting take that I, that, I, that I hadn't considered before. And, you know, when I asked them about this bill, um, I asked them, um, okay, is this game changing for you? And they would say, to a certain extent it is because it allows them to, um, to you know, put in new infrastructure. But what they shared with me is that, you know, what happens if we're just burying new infrastructure alongside the old infrastructure. Exactly. What happens is pulling new pipes through the existing pipes, right? That stuff is still in the ground, right? So if we're trying to replace lead uh, pipes and lead infrastructure, um, are, are, you know, are, are we really doing it the right way? Or are we just spending a lot of money and then the, the problem is still persistent or present because of our approach um, and, and how we use these funds and also premise plumbing, right? You can rip and replace all of the infrastructure. Um, but if I have old lead pipes in my house, I'm still getting, you know, still getting, uh, some less than uh, high quality water. So, um, love your take on that. What, what, What do you think? I mean, that's, uh, that's, I guess my concern or fear also is that here's here's these big checks and mm-hmm. let's go and just um, replace the infrastructure that's out there, right? We need to take this crumbling stuff out, put put new stuff back in. It'll just be more of that model than really like, hold on, how do we radically <laughs> reinvent? How do we take this opportunity, you know, this funding opportunity, um, which maybe has hasn't been seen for decades uh, and mm-hmm and embrace the digital tools that we have and focus on resilience and think about different ways to distribute water and all of that. Um, 
because right. it's hard it's hard to do that while like while you're just trying to to provide clean water and treat water and all that um yeah and it, yeah, it, it takes a it takes a very concerted effort or will take a very concerted effort to not just put new pipes in the ground right yeah it it, it will and um i think that you know we have to be part of that solution right when i say we i mean you know not not only varuna but uh, you with what you're doing with Waterloop, um, a bunch of uh, other companies in the water space, whether they're water tech or you know consultants, um, it's um, you know it's it's this it's this problem, it's this challenge that we all have to solve. Um, sometimes companies can be so myopic and only worry about you know, what they're doing in the space, but no one company in this space is going to solve the problem that's at hand. It, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, um, I, you know, there's an opportunity to reimagine um, how to use this technology. Um, even let, let's take for pipes, for example, uh, there's technology out there that's that where you can place sensing technology and pipes, right? And so if we replace this infrastructure, why wouldn't we have that technology embedded in the new uh, infrastructure that's, that's going into the ground? Um, you know, just thinking about any type of sensors that you can place um, in, the, in the homes um, to, uh, to, to, to detect, you know, water quality. Um, all these things are out there. It's just, um, are we taking a step back to say, okay, this is how we need to redesign the entire system so we can be, uh, so our children and grandchildren can have a better future in terms of, you know, water quality, water scarcity, all these problems that are, that are right here in front of our eyes today. Yeah. I mean, everyone talks about the water sector being risk adverse, being mm -hmm. slow to innovate, um, needing to break, break free from those behaviors and stereotypes, if you will. Um, and it definitely seems like the time, um, yeah. what's your take on that? I believe that, um, you believe they need to break from that, uh, well, that MO or, or not? I mean, I mean, you know, they're understandably focused on public health, right. And like, right. Hey, we've got to just, our priority is making sure that, that we're meeting regulations that we're taking care of people and whatever it takes to get through the day doing that is priority number one. So I totally understand that. That makes sense. Right. But it, the opportunity is there. Um, you know, it's 2021. We've got the digital revolution that we're in the midst of all the stuff that you've talked about today. Hopefully there's some bigger checks on the way. Um, yeah. and you know, it, it just seems yeah. like there's the opportunity. Um, I, I don't know who is going to drive that, um, you know, make that, make that happen. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. We'll, would, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to follow up in, in five years and, and, <laughs> and see, see what uh, came of this conversation. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely going to take more money, right? Like the, the, um, the current um, dollar amount from, from the administration is, is a good start. But it's going to take a, a lot more investment, um, and um, you know, in terms of the, the the need or the call for the industry to be less risk adverse, um, I, you know, I'm I'm one of those that 
there, there's a fine line there, right? Sure. My, so my wife is a physician. She's mm-hmm. been in healthcare. Same, same thing. Right? We don't want our healthcare industry just being so cutting edge on a lot of things that, um, you, you know, it, it becomes a, a detriment to, to our health, right? Like there's a space for that in healthcare where um, in a process um, that's, that's, you know, well laid out where, you know, you have trials, you have, mm. you, you, you can take these, um, you can take these uh, like risky chances prior to bringing that to mainstream. And I'm not sure there's a place like that in, in, in water. Um, mm. you know, that, that's, that's, you know, like formal, a formal process to bring um, new solutions. And, and when I say solutions, I don't mean just technology, right? So Varuna, we aren't, uh, Varuna isn't led by, you know, a couple of guys who, who think technology can solve the world, right? I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, the solutions include technology, it, can, it includes workflow, it includes designs, it includes just services, everything. So um, I don't know. I think if, if the space had something like that and there was a, mind, a mindset within the space to have something like that, um, then that, that would be great. I, I think we'd all benefit from that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to do a little talking to folks and a little more research and see if there is kind of this uh, sandbox out there, right, that lets people, yeah. lets the water sector uh, experiment and, and try different things and pilot different mm-hmm. things um, and then be able to implement it uh, as a result. I know, I know people are always talking about trying to get flexibility and regulations, not that puts public health in jeopardy, but to allow utilities and, and infrastructure to be done in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you give me some ideas for some follow up episodes and conversations here with, with some folks and, and dig into this some more for sure. Well, um, Jamel, I really appreciate the time. Awesome conversation. Enjoy it a lot. Um, you know, continued uh best wishes to you guys at Varuna and what you're doing uh look forward to following it and i appreciate your time and the conversation absolutely thank you so much uh thanks for having me and i look forward to connecting in the future thanks everyone for listening to today's episode a special thanks to partners and the walton family foundation the Waterloop Podcast is sponsored by High Sierra Showerheads, the smart, stylish way to save energy, water, and money while enjoying a powerful shower. Use promo code LOOP20 for 20% off at HighSierraShowerheads.com. If you like Waterloop, please subscribe to the YouTube channel or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media and visit Waterloop.org to sign up for updates. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop.